After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome back to the Baseball America Dynasty Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce, one of the members of the prospect team here. As always, I am joined by Dylan White, our lead fantasy analyst and the creator and curator, master of the Robo Scout. What's going on, Dylan? How are you, man? How's uh, the last week been for you in the fantasy baseball world? Uh, not too bad. Uh, my leagues are, I'm generally in the hunt in my leagues. Um, and we got a whole bunch of guys coming off injury who I've been stashing for a long time, like Bryce Harper and Justin Verlander, et cetera, which maybe we'll be talking about later. But uh, yeah, more like uh, I'm celebrating the Leafs' first playoff vic- series victory in 19 years. So still coming off that. <laughs> we're not going to, we're, we're going to skip over the rest of the <laughs> hockey topic because uh, we're cool, sort of polar opposites. In that world, I, as a Bruins fan, yep. we won't get into that one. Um, but we do have lots of exciting prospect promotions over the last couple of weeks, some within the minor leagues, others to the major leagues that we get to chat through. Um, first one we'll talk to you. This is the most recent one, so why not sort of kick it off? Bryce Miller report came out today. He is being promoted uh, to the major leagues. Um, certainly a name that you've read about on Baseball America for the last couple of years, top 100 prospect, Bryce Miller. And uh, one of my favorite pitchers in the minor leagues. The numbers have not been great to start the season, uh, but he is starting Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? You can certainly correct me if it's today. Um, but I believe it's Wednesday that he's going to be starting. What are your expectations here? What have you read about the role? Because I haven't even sort of caught up on that at all. Um, is it, is, is he making a start? And, you know, I I would imagine it's probably up and down, but what are you hearing? What are you thinking? The the athletic has reported it will be for multiple starts, um, coming up straight from double a for the Mariners. So I'm interested, like you said, he, he's not having the greatest start. His K's are way down for a guy who throws a hundred miles an hour. He only has like a 20% K rate. He was just on the cusp of our top 100, if not. Uh, right in the back of the top 100. Um, so we had high hopes and that he hasn't come out of the, out of the shoot flying. Um, yeah. So I'm not really sure what to expect. The, the projections are a bit, bit conservative, kind of like a, a four ERA. Um, if, if he comes out of the pen, but since he's starting, so it'll be a bit higher, like maybe 4.2. Um, he should have good, good walk numbers. Um, so his whip should be reasonable. So, you know, I, I picked him up, right away in my home league and in, in a daily league where it's sort of first come first serve uh, quick trigger finger gets him. I grabbed him already. Um, so I, I, I have high hopes. I dropped Brady Singer for him. So um, that kind of, it's a 12 team league. So it kind of gives you an idea of uh, where I'm at um, and the high hopes I have for him, I think. Yeah. I think there's certainly some, some strikeout upside there as well. Um, that's kind of what you're banking on. For sure. And, you know, I think the other part of it, too, is he was in the Texas League, you know, that he pitched a little bit there last year. Um, a very different conversation than if he had been in the Southern League, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but, you know, those balls fly around in those parks. It's kind of wacky. Um, it's only the first month of the season, and it's not shocking when players sometimes have a bad month. 
and then straighten things out. Maybe there's some other things that the major league team is seeing and observing and saying, hey, this is our best shot and our best option. Because there are some other arms. I think they're super deep with top of the minors rotation options, but they do have some other names there that could have potentially been um, options to come up and start, especially if it's a couple of starts. So that's interesting. Uh, Miller's certainly a guy, great fastball, um, good sweeper. You know, I think it's really kind of a two-pitch heavy mix, um, but he will, you know, uh, bust out a change up here and there. Um, but it is very, very much reliant on the quality of that fastball and sort of playing the sweeper off of that. Um, sort of a week late here, but of course, when <laughs> the now uh, deceased podcast that we didn't release last week. Um, one of the things that I said was that I didn't think that Tanner Bybee was going to necessarily be called up. And then the next day he was called up. So uh, uh, <laughs> kind of a, a hilarious error there. But Bybee gets called up. We talked about the fabaganza of last week with Mason Miller. It was only accentuated this week with Bybee, and I think for good reason. Um, so did you end up with Bybee anywhere? And sort of what are your expectations for the rest of the season, and how impressed, I guess, were you by the first start against the Rockies? Uh, I I did not get Bybee anywhere. I ended up getting Logan Allen, his teammate. Um, and then I also had Louis Varland from the Twins. So for me, the conversation was um, – it was kind of like a, how much do you want to spend and like, who's the best value? So I think the, for me, the debate was whether Bybee and Allen, if either would stay up for a long time. And if so, which one, if there was only going to be one, or is it both? Mackenzie's back going to be back at the end of May. Savali is kind of uh, nearly back. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there. And so it was a question of like, do I want to spend 200 fab dollars on someone who may get sent down kind of like Taj Bradley, who we may get into later or spend the money on like the Chris Bubich who we talked about. And then he has Tommy John and then I'm out another $200. So it was kind of like, if I bet, if I bid 80 bucks, hundred bucks, I probably wouldn't get either of them. So Varland actually kind of became the, the one I was kind of counting on getting as my third choice because um, I had a feeling he'd be called up and I, I'm kind of spoiling a uh, agenda op topics, but I think with the, with the twins uncertainty in their rotation with Kenta Maeda at the time, Tyler Molly's prognosis wasn't known. I thought there was a good chance that Louis Varland would be called up. And so I, I got him at, at a cheaper price. So I like all three pitchers. I like them all a lot. I think their, their, their production this year will kind of all be similar. I know I, I feel people think, Bybee's going to have the higher ceiling, and that's probably true. Um, I just I feel that he he may be inconsistent, as opposed to like Logan Allen will be kind of like a consistent seven, whereas Bybee will have like the games of nines and the games of fives using a zero to ten scale. Um, so, yeah, I think they're all good. I think they're all going to stay up for a while, but I didn't want to to bid too much money and gamble on that if in case they weren't. Yeah, I think one of them definitely sticks around. Um, Zach Plesak is wearing out his welcome finally, it seems like, in Cleveland. Um, he has not been great this season. He's not striking batters out. He's given up a ton of runs consistently. Um, I don't think they can wait like to replace him fast enough. It wouldn't shock me if they went to a, a six-man rotation um, just for the depth that they have you know, ability in the weeks, they only need five, four or five guys to be able to use those guys for longer stretches um, and sort of some bulk innings or whatever you want to call it uh, over that stretch. I will say this. I do think with both of these guys being added to the 40 man roster early, Bybee was well over a year early. Allen was due to be added to the 40 man roster or exposed to the rule five at the end of this season. That's a little bit less of a statement uh, by the Guardians front office. I do think them sort of bypassing this and more or less using an option with Bybee probably says that. Uh, I don't know if he's up for the rest of the season, but I think he will see 15 starts. Wouldn't shock me, um, which could see, you know, him going down once or twice or them skipping over him a couple of times. Like, we'll see what happens. Um, I do think he's going to get his innings. Uh, I've been pretty heavily on him and lost <laughs> in both instances, whether it was tout, I was run up to Greg Jewett who got him. The yell spent me by like $9 or something. 
And then I lost him by maybe 11 in my Nerf League, which is an NFBC league. Uh, I did get him in an RCL, Razball League, where it's daily moves. Uh, I had kind of gotten word a little early that he was going to be up um, for it was official, official. And uh, I went and I, I grabbed him off the wire and, and stashed him for the week and you know got the start against the Rockies. I will say this. Um, you couldn't have had a much better uh, uh, opponent, more cushy opponent than the Rockies on the road. Um, so I think that that certainly has the ability to um, sort of uh, uh, distort the the view. But I do think the stuff is there. Actually, I mean, he's always had command and control dating back to when he was in college. It was the stuff that's really taken a big step forward. Um, I saw Logan Allen pitch yesterday at Fenway Park in the rain, <laughs> and he pitched well. I'd seen him earlier this season in AAA, one of his final AAA starts, and looked really good. Um, I think both these guys are rotation options. I think Bobby's ceiling is obviously higher. And in Dynasty, I would imagine, you know, both of these guys are probably rostered pretty much everywhere because they're both top 100 prospects. Um, I think that still holds some weight. So, yeah, I think, I think you know, we could potentially see each of them. I think, like you said, Allen might be the more likely one to stick around, but we'll see how the next couple of weeks go still. Um, you know, I think we're going to see at least a few a few more starts from each. So it uh, should be exciting to see how that all shakes out. And there's always injuries and uh, something could certainly happen. Maybe a trade is made. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. But I think both of these guys for the foreseeable future are at least um, worth being on your roster, stashing on your bench because uh, the results will be there. And uh, Cleveland does a good job of developing pitching. So not going to knock that there as well. Um, all right, let's, let's get on to some, I guess, minor league promotions here. Uh, we have Ben Brown, who was promoted from the AA Southern League up to AAA. I guess my question for you is, do you have any Andrew Abbott-like concerns who's somebody else who is dominating the Southern AA Southern League, was promoted to AAA, and subsequently we've seen some of the impact of the pre-tack balls. So I guess I'm going to preface this now, now that you're, you've done podcasts with me before, you know, I go on tangents. Um, having looked at some of the data and there could be more coming up on this later this week, but having looked at some of the data and compared it year over year to last year for pitchers who are in the Southern league this year, they could have been in the Southern league last year. They could have been in some other leagues, whatever. Um, but this year they're using the pre-tack ball. So, it is a level of sticky stuff, we'll say, um, <laughs> to use a, 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 a layman's term, I guess. I don't know if that's a layman's term. On the ball already, so there is a, a level of stickiness to it. We've heard um, some players, some pitchers sort of do back channels kind of complain about this. Some hitters have complained about it and said it's made their job a lot harder. I will say this. There is, and we'll get into the numbers. We'll get into that later this week. There's an article coming out. But there are substantial there is substantial evidence to support the claim that it is boosting induced vertical break numbers pretty heavily on foreseen fastballs. This is going to be most prevalent with you know pronators. Um, there's sort of two different spin profiles. It's pro pronators typically have lower spin rates, but very high efficiency fastballs, which means the spin that they get uh, creates a lot of spin induced movement, which typically on a forcing fastball is going to lead to more induced vertical break versus supinators who are guys who have really high spin rates, less efficiency, usually guys with great breaking balls, typically more sinker types in terms of what they throw for a fastball. What I've seen on the pronator types, Christian Mena, Andrew Abbott, Ben Brown being one, there is a significant jump in induced vertical break numbers just to use Abbott as an example, because this is out there in the public space already. He was pretty close to or around 20 inches of induced vertical break during his time early in the season in the Southern League. And that was below 17 inches. Uh, his average last year, I think, was 17.1, 17.2. Um, so it was back to what his average had been once he was back in AAA and not using those pre-tech balls. He is a pronation profile, so that sort of tracks a little bit. That gives me some pause a little bit with some of the performances going on in the Southern League. I'm writing a article right now on some underrated pitchers who are performing early and when i'm writing about some of these names i'm making sure that i do bring up the fact that yes these numbers are good yes the stuff is up a little bit but there could be this other element this other variable 
that's playing a heavy role. How much does that concern you? I know this is my incredibly long precursor. How much does that concern you with Brown, who has always had excellent stuff, but it's showing even better this year? Are you a little bit worried about some of those names that are coming out of the Southern League because they have this sort of aid? Yeah, I wouldn't say worried, uh, but I am definitely uh, a bit more conservative with 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 them. As, as we talked on previous pods, I have Andrew Abbott probably entering the top 100, but now after seeing his AAA start where his velocity was down, the spin rate was down, and perhaps that's attributable to this the non-tacked ball. Um, you know, maybe it's giving me some pause. So I want to see his starts, his future starts. I want to see Ben Brown start because maybe that um, will help kind of solidify the idea of this theory and this hypothesis as being true or not. It does seem pretty compelling. Um that there is something going on. I, I saw a sneak peek of the data that you were looking at. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Um, these these are pitchers who have had success in the past, maybe not to this degree. Um, so it's not like that they have you know become someone that they're not. I think it's just kind of enhanced their already uh, latent skills. Um, so yeah, maybe I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit backing off on the uh, the enthusiasm I had on Andrew Abbott and, and the enthusiasm I had on Christian Mena, who I wrote about in in a RoboScout article as well. Um, so I I, I kind of want to just take pause and kind of cautiously observe the data and see if it seems like yeah okay so the Southern League we have to kind of ding the the pitchers in some way before becoming too eager to to pick them up. Yeah, and maybe it puts some of the performances from hitters and, and high-ranking hitting prospects in that league, um, you know, sort of into context as well. So it is something, like you said, I think that's the right approach, is to sort of see how it, how it goes. There's certainly some compelling evidence that it's having an impact, and it should. I mean, there's a reason that they're attacking the balls, and it, there's a reason that people were using spider tack and other substances previously. Um to sort of get and chase induced vertical break. I mean, that all sort of went hand in hand. So I think that is a pretty smart way to put it. Um, let's talk about Jackson Holiday, promoted to high A. Uh, had a fairly good first week. I mean, you can look at the slash line, whatever, but I know that on Thursday night had a really big game, had four balls in play that were all 100 miles per hour plus, one being a home run, one being a triple. Um where are you where are you at with Jackson Holiday right now? Because I had somebody sort of in the industry ask me today, is he the number one prospect in baseball? Um, and I said, I don't know if he's there yet, but I think that the conversation is there. And um, I think he's going to be ranked within the top 10 pretty easily. Um, this is this is all pretty exciting. And by the way, like it, I know it's only a week. It's only five games. It's only 21 plate appearances, but uh, equal number of strikeouts, four, and walks. Um, so I think that's uh, that's kind of interesting. And yeah, for what it for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, if he's not, I mean, he's definitely top ten. I think for me, um, probably top five if I sat down and, and really looked at it. Um, so that, I guess that just kind of, <laughs> by definition, puts him in the conversation for number one prospect. Yeah. Obviously, if he continues doing what he's doing, what he did in, in low A, if he does that in high A, it's definitely going to bolster the case. Um, Jackson Churio is doing okay in double A. He's not tearing the cover off the ball too much, so he's not really cementing his status. Um, Ellie Del Cruz is only just starting to get going in triple A now. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some people off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, no, Walker, I, I mean, Walker's back in the minor leagues. <laughs> Walker. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, that'll be a tough one to, to unseat Walker, um, just because of proximity. But, uh, I mean, if Jackson Holly just like completely destroys IA, I think maybe <laughs> he does kind of unseat, uh, Jordan Walker there. Yeah, it wouldn't be a shock. Uh, I think Volpe is still, uh, Still uh, another option uh, as well. I don't think he's surpassed his his rookie eligibility just yet. So he's still within our our top 100 prospects. Um, As you said, Ellie's there. Then you got the sort of big three pitchers, however you want to break those down. Francisco Alvarez still ranked pretty highly for us, though. Uh, Yeah, he would have to get uh, at-bats to graduate for us because we don't do the service time the whole 
thingamajig. But uh, yeah, and I think Jordan Lawler is, is probably in the conversation as well, based on his early season performance. Um, in fact, he's as young as he is in Double A. I think he's another guy to potentially consider there too. Uh, he's had some big moments as well. Um, but while we're on the topic, let's stick with some prospects with J names. We mentioned the Jordan Walker, I think it wrote promotion in this, but it's demotion down at AAA. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I know some people were kind of like, hey, the, you know, the 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 Cardinals are, you know, gaming his service time. Um, you know, the numbers weren't that bad. Yada, yada, yada. Um, just to put it into perspective, he was slashing 274. 321, 397, that was a flat, even 100 WRC plus. So he was exactly league average, had a couple of home runs, a couple of steals, striking out 25% of the time, only walking 3.8% of the time. I will say this. I think there is a case to be made. I, I said this early in the season and that was before the season. And then as the steam started to pick up and I was down there. It seemed like, yeah, well, Walker's probably going to break camp. So there you go. But um, I kind of thought he needed more time in AAA to learn the outfield in particular. He's not great out there. They have a lot of options, but the approach was a concern. I, you know, I think the numbers last year sort of outperformed what the underlying chase and contact data was. I mean, he was below 70% contact last year. Um, his chase rate was above 30%. Some of that is a product of his swing and size and ability to really hit stuff on the shadow zone, um, whether it's the inner half or the outer half. I, you know, it doesn't shock me. I mean, if he's down there for a month and a half and sort of gets things going, that's fine. I'm really not hitting the panic button here though it's definitely the worst sort of case circumstances if you drafted him or spent a lot of money in an auction on him in a redraft league. So sort of what, what's your take here on the Jordan Walker situation? Yeah. I mean, like you said, he has a, he has a league average WRC plus a fan graphs has him at, at 107, um, but negative war, right? So that's obviously his defense is, has been the problem. Um the approach, yeah, you know, high swing strike rate, high whiff rate, not many walks, but like, <laughs> like we keep saying, he, he had an above average uh, hitting line um, as as a rookie. So I really think it's just defense. He's got to work on that. He's got to get better roots, stuff like that. Um, I mean, the Cardinals are kind of floundering, so um, I can see a, lo a lot of different paths shaking out. Um, if they continue to struggle, um, then they may shake things up by bringing him back up, cleaning house in some way, like in quotes, um, whatever that means, kind of starting from scratch on on figuring out who the starting the starting players are. Like Paul DeJong is up now, and Brendan Donovan has been on the bench for a while. Um, Tyler O'Neill has had uh, you know well documented uh, uh, bust ups, I guess, with uh, the manager Marmol. Um, and it doesn't seem that he's getting the playing time that, uh, you know, his performance hasn't been that bad. So I kind of feel that that's one option that like something happens. It starts from scratch and maybe Jordan Walker's part of that or the Cardinals start getting going. And then they realize what they have right now is the recipe for success. And then I could see Walker being held down for a while because they quote unquote don't need him. Um, so it's hard to, hard to, hard to see how, how it's going to, that's going to unfold. I still believe in Jordan Walker. I still think he's, you know, going to be a, a massive hitting talent. Um, you know, 20 plus home runs, probably, you know, 15 stolen bases perennially for, for multiple years. Um, so I'm not in dynasty leagues. I'm not selling um, at all. Uh, redraft leagues. I probably had to have to have a tough decision on whether I drop him or hold him. Um, I think if he is struggling in AAA for a week, I may I may drop him. If he's doing very well, I would I would hold him. If he's just kind of middling, then I have a tough decision, of course. Um, so yeah, I guess all in all, I'm saying I'm not worried, but I just I really feel the Cardinals' major league season has been so um, not what they wanted that I'm not sure how it's going to play out in the next few weeks or months. Yeah, this team looked absolutely loaded on the hitting side coming into the season. And 
they really haven't hit. Um, guys like Nolan Arenado have been way down. Nolan Gorman's kind of been one of their best hitters, if not the best hitter. I, I didn't expect him to be the number one Nolan there, even though I liked Gorman quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's surprising. So you, you just don't know what to do. We have some more uh, stories we're going to be talking about in a minute, but let's take yeah, take twake, crake. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we're back, and we're talking more demotions from highly rated prospects. This time, we're talking about Taj Bradley was demoted. Um, they said to put him on a five-day schedule. Once again, people were saying, no, they're gaming service time, and shook their fist and yelled at the cloud. Um, first start back in AAA was rough. Any concerns there? I'm not concerned about the talent. I'm not concerned that, you know, that that means that something's wrong with him, that he gave up eight runs in one inning or whatever it was. Um, concerned about how the Rays are going to play him this year a little bit, because that was a surprise, I think, to everyone that uh, he, he was sent down. Um, and it, it didn't sound like they they had an like a, a timetable for when he was going to be back up, but just more like he will be back up. Um so yeah, it's more again the race stuff that we always have about like how how is the playing time going to shake out? Stuff that we are wondering about Josh Lowe is he going to hit? Is he going to play? Um, and yes, it seems like he will be. But the Rays are the Rays. Manzardo, Curtis Mead, Jonathan Aranda, who who is going to get playing time? And that obviously extends to the pitchers too, Taj Bradley, etc. So yeah, I'm not sure. I I didn't get him in in any of my redraft leagues in that Fabapalooza for kind of the reason I'm talking about now. Um, and I re regretted it when I didn't. And then I was kind of like, ah, see, that's why I didn't do it <laughs> a few days later. So yeah, I, uh, I I'm kind of staying away from these murky, these murky playing time uh, situations. Yeah. I, I grabbed him in an RCL just because of what the K per nine upside is there. And I had some spots to kind of mess around with. So once he was dropped, I was like, I could probably stash him for a few days. I have enough spots to be able to fill uh, innings and sort of maximize. Uh, we'll see if he's up at the end of the week. If he's not, then I'll just dump him for somebody else and you know keep the streaming the streaming going there, uh, as you do in those those style formats, the twelve team five by five roto, uh, daily moves, no limits on moves, etc. Um, so sometimes a guy like Bradley could be worth uh, keeping around. Plus, I had like my entire my, I had three starters that I drafted in this league. I know I'm talking about my fantasy league. Anyone actually cares. But um, I drafted three starters. It was Robbie Ray, Tyler Glasnow, who will be back soon, and Carlos Rodon. So I had uh, I had my three my three headed monster was on the IL. I have gotten really any innings from those guys. So that's been great. Uh, so I've been sort of getting to the streaming. I got B uh, Bybee there. I got. Uh, Mason Miller there. I got Taj Bradley, and then I've been kind of just running through randos like Kyle Gibson, etc., and hoping you know the streaming numbers that I'm I'm running are working in my favor. I'm about 50-50 there right now, which is great. But 
anyway, um, so that's sort of uh, the demotion promotion section of the podcast. It was only like 25 minutes. A lot, of, a lot of demotions and promotions going on. This is the injuries and they're back part of the podcast. Uh, Tyler Molly injury. Going to be added to the IL. They say he's going to be out four to five weeks. It could be longer. This doesn't sound great. I just know in my 30-team league, I wasn't able to IL him and then make an additional move. I had to kind of play around with that because we have roster limitations. Fab runs on Sunday night. I knew Molly was going to be out, but didn't have the ability to add a free roster space because he's not on the IL yet. Um, or at least isn't in a fan track. So there you go. Hopefully that happens tomorrow. Probably just a, a roster management type of thing. They don't care about my fantasy team, Dylan. Um, Aaron Judge on the IL. There was some question as to whether he was just going to miss two or three days and then not go on the IL. I guess it was bad enough. He is going to be on the IL. And then Kenta Maeda is injured again. So of those three, do you have – exposure on all three exposure on one more than the other um and i know we you talked a little bit about with molly going the varlin route um what are you going after in terms of maybe trying to replace judge not that you can but available we'll say 12 team options and then you know made any other options as well we go after yeah so i have all three or i had all three coming into the sunday fab um Maeda, I was going to drop anyway, even before he was on the IL, because he has been up and down all season. He had a couple of good starts, and then he had arm thing, and then he had thing off the ankle, and then his velo was down. Um, so I was just like, on this first year back from Tommy John, um, being somewhat upward in age, I was I, I had enough. So Maeda was already going out. Molly, I was, I was worried he was going to go the same route, so I... The the obvious um, replacements in the rotation for the Twins are Bailey Ober and Louis Varland, and I did get Varland. I do like Varland a lot. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson might be because he had a he had a, an outing. Brent Brent Hedrick also had an outing, so they're they're possible options. I, I bet I really think it's Varland because he lines up with with Molly. So I'm hoping for that. I think he's going to have a you know like I said similar projection to Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee. For the rest of the season, um, I, I teased that in my Robo Scout article that came out uh, on Sunday. Uh, for Judge, I mean, there obviously is no replacement um, for Judge. Yeah, like he said, he was going through batting practice today. They're worried it'll only be a couple games, or they're hoping it would only be a couple games, but they get decided, I guess, after his swings that they're going to IL him. Obviously, irreplaceable. Harrison Bader for the Yankees. Uh, in terms of who the Yankees are going to have playing, it's going to be up soonish. He's on a rehab assignment, has been for a week or so. Um, there is another option who we'll talk about later. Um, in terms of in a 12 team league, you know, there may be Jack Sawinski who's on fire, uh, power and speed. Uh, Jaron Duran seems to be turning it on. I got him in a couple leagues. He's doing quite well. He's hitting against lefties now. He's also moved up in the batting order to, I think, like sixth now. Um, Lamonte Wade is someone I like on the on the the Giants. Sure. He's been leading off. Um, Mike Yastrzemski is now on the IL, so it sounds like he's going to get more time. Lamonte Wade, who used to be a strong side platoon, but uh, hit against lefties um, in the last start. So, and with Yastrzemski injury, maybe he will be getting more run there. So, those are three options. I think they're they're viable in twelve team leagues. They're definitely viable in fifteens. Um, that you know, you're not going to replace judges production obviously but these are guys who i think will be you know more than adequate fill-ins for a week at least yeah and actually in that league where i have judge i picked up jaron duran last week and another league i grabbed uh, lamont Wade a couple weeks back and i like him too because he has the flexibility of being able to play first base or outfield um so if you're in a five outfield league with corner infield, he can kind of fit into like seven or eight different spots if you include the utility. Um, that flexibility is valuable, and uh, I appreciate it. So, yeah, those are some good names, good suggestions. Bryce Harper, back. Get him in your lineup, <laughs> as Razzball would say. Um, I don't think this is anything earth-shattering. Certainly, it's amazing that he was back uh, as quickly as he was, but certainly the the – timetable to return to swinging a bat and being able to do it well for position players isn't like pitchers with Tommy John surgery. So um, 
here comes Bryce Harper, and hopefully he stays healthy. I've got him in my lineup uh, in the one league where I drafted and stashed him for redraft, and I, I kind of wish I did that more places. I was in on him in a few different auctions, and uh, the NL only uh, uh, labor, and then my my tout league. Um, and actually, tout I messed up, and I bid on him, forgetting he was only utility only. I could have won him. I actually think I did win him. And then I had to throw him back into the pool because I already had Shohei Otani as a hitter and forgot that uh, he was just my utility guy. So that was already clogged up for a worthy cause in Otani, but I forgot that Harper didn't have any outfield eligibility coming into the season. So uh, kind of unfortunate, but is what it is. Um, I know you said you had Harper some places. Uh, I don't know. I mean, anything to add on this other than we're excited and we just want to see what Bryce Harper can do when he's you know one of the best in the game? Nothing to add. I had him in in, in uh, my dynasty leagues, so um, it wasn't a thing of having to make a tough decision on when to draft him um, if I'm going to stash him. So I, I ended up not getting him in any redraft leagues. But in my dynasty leagues, he's coming off the bench now. Uh, that's going to be good. Same with Verlander, uh, who we don't have in the agenda, but he's he's coming out to pitch. He's going to debut on Thursday. Uh, so me having Verlander and Bryce Harper back in the same week in my dynasty league is uh, a nice jolt of uh, of production that I've been <laughs> eagerly waiting for. Uh, do, do you have Jacob Degrom on any of those leagues where you have Verlander coming back? Uh, no. So one league I have Bryce and Verlander. The other league I have Bryce and Degrom. So I don't have Verlander in that same. Oh, league. so it's a little it's a little given, a little take. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I have I have some exposure to Degrom this year. I liked him in the third round. You know, we, we had some debates in this podcast. You talked me into him. So we're hoping for a speedy recovery there because the numbers so far have been good. Just a matter of him staying healthy. I know it's more the wrist or whatever uh, than the actual elbow, which is, I think, where it's a little bit lower in the arm. So that's better uh, for him. Let's just hope that it's not, you know, a precursor to anything nasty. That's uh, me knocking on wood if you can hear it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I guess the last one, I'll, I'll, a couple that we're going to bring over here, but uh, Christian Robinson, I just saw a couple hours before we recorded this, has been activated to the minor leagues. Um, what I'm hearing, so he is on the 40-man roster, on the restricted list. So there's going to be, have to be some sort of move made there. I don't think he's going to be dropped from the 40-man roster and put on waivers, but I guess who knows. Um, I'm hearing that he'll probably start in high A. This is good news. The last time we saw Christian Robinson in a competitive baseball game uh, in the regular season was 2019. So it's been quite some time. It was pre-pandemic. Uh, so it's been, you know, three full seasons now since or years since we've seen him. I have no idea what to expect. This guy was considered a top 50 prospect universally, uh, particularly in the fantasy world um, because of the tool set. A little bit older now. We just don't know. We don't know where it's going to go, but I think that it is exciting. And certainly if he's somebody that's out there hanging around in a waiver wire in a dynasty league, I put up a pretty big bid for him. I know that I have some fab dynasty leagues where he probably is unrostered. Um, you know, I, I throw something big out there and see what happens. And, you know, at worst, all it is is fab dollars that you lose, but there's definitely pretty huge upside here, but I would imagine he's probably going to be fairly rusty having not played in three years. My categories. What do you think? Doug? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like you said, like no idea what to expect. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just checking right now. He's, he's, he was been, he has been held in all my leagues, so he's not available. I imagine, like you said, people are just going to clamor to the, to the waiver wire to pick him up if he is available just for that, that shot, that lottery ticket shot. So yeah, I'd I'd love to see the first first week of of games to see how he looks, see how his timing is. I'm sure it is going to be rusty. Um, I, I I know he was in Arizona, right? Uh, he was working out. He wasn't allowed to be in games. Uh, that yep. was part of the the situation. Yeah. But you know, he was quote unquote working out, doing baseball activities. Um, so you know, maybe he won't be as rusty as as he he could be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I just think he's very interesting at this point in terms of a follow. And I think uh, everybody's pulling for him. You know, he has had some struggles and, you know, hopefully he's he's passed all that now. And uh, we'll see what the 2023 season brings for him. But good to have him back. And 
um, could be an interesting name and you know, maybe moves fairly quickly if the rust isn't so bad. Though it will probably take us a few weeks to a month to even know what we got. But hey, who knows? You never know, right? Um, stranger things have happened. Not saying he's of the talent of Josh Hamilton, but we saw how Josh Hamilton sort of took his time, came back, and you know ended up being an MVP at one point. So um, not to make parallels there, but just somebody who was away from the game for some off-the-field uh, purposes for uh, a lengthy period of time and then came back and you know had some some fairly high highs. So definitely an interesting name, and I think if you're an astute owner uh, in Dynasty, you're going to be all over that potentially. If you're an astute uh, 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 owner in Dynasty, you'd also probably have been keeping up on Dylan's excellent RoboScout articles, the fab article he's been putting out on Sundays. Um, we're going to have probably sort of a full one in the next week or two, maybe not this week, but the following week. We kind of put out some some more leaders doing a good job of sort of rehashing that, going over it. Um, we're not going to go over every name today or even a bunch of names, but I wanted to sort of uh, sort of hone in on one in particular that you had brought to my attention last week. He then got a promotion after the major leagues, subsequently had an injury, but I don't think he's going to be IL'd. And that's the Yankees' Jake Bowers. Um, Bowers, of course, was a Padres prospect and then a Rays prospect and then was traded to the Guardians and got some major league time with the Guardians. So he's no longer prospect eligible, um, but is somebody that I ended up putting some waiver bids on in a few dynasty leagues this week because uh, he wasn't rostered and was just kind of interested to kind of ride the wave here and see what happens. So talk to me about you know what the robot's seeing from – uh, from our buddy Jake Bowers, old friend Jake Bowers. <laughs> yeah, RoboScout has always liked Jake Bowers back even like 20, I don't know, 2016 or something like that, way back then. Uh, so I had been following him as he got promoted and got traded, and I, I was always hoping that, you know, the change of scenery is what's is going to get him on track. So, yeah, I mean, right now, 27 years old, more walks and strikeouts. His AAA slash is 304, 448, 797. Nine home runs and 87 plate appearances. So that's a home run every less than 10 plate appearances. Um, K rate is less than 20%. Swinging strike rate, 9%. So, like, everything's there. He's hitting the ball in the air. He's hitting it with authority. and He's in AAA, so the, the, the way the formula works, the proximity, the, the major league equivalencies, the major league translations, you know, that's like 30 home run pop, over 600 plate appearances, uh, WRC plus over 100. So, like, if he could get some run, he, against right-handed pitchers at least, he will likely be productive. And I, I just wish he didn't bash his knee into the wall um, just so we could see him be, you know, 100% at the plate and see what he's capable of doing, especially with this judge injury. Um, he'd get at least, you know, 10 games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm worried that the, the swollen knee and the, and you know, the bruised up, banged up knee, lower half's not, I'm afraid it's going to affect his swing or something. Uh, so we may not get the full Jake Bowers experience, but yeah, no, he's, he's doing quite well. Um, along with Christopher Morell, your old friend who, uh, actually passed Jake Bowers, um, as of yesterday, yesterday, Sunday night's games, because he has 11 home runs in 108 plate appearances um, and a even higher WRC plus. So a couple of guys who've had a taste of the majors and uh, are just tearing up AAA. Um, and I assume Christopher Morrell is going to be called up for the Cubs pretty soon too. Yeah, I hope so. It's just like, where is he going to play? The thing with Morrell is he can play a multitude of different positions. So it's the answer is probably like anywhere, Jeff. Um, I have him in a bunch of places. I had grabbed him last year when we saw some significant approach changes, probably around this time last year, ended up in the major leagues. Um, you know, batting average, like never going to be great, but there's power, there's speed. He's definitely somebody that, you know, I, I, I tend to, to want to target. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting. I think that's one of the interesting things about the, about Robo Scout too, is that, particularly with like triple a is it allows you to kind of put into context some of these like post hype guys that are really forgotten about even in dynasty leagues, despite good production and, you know, proximity, um, 
we tend to sort of forget about those guys for the shiny new toy, like the Nelson Rada or whatever. And it's really valuable for that too, if you're looking to build your miners. But I think the thing is it's, it's, I love these books when I was a kid, so I'm going to use a, a bad analogy here, but it can be a bit of like a choose your own adventure, right? Where depending upon what your build is and what your need is, um, you can find those maybe post hype underrated value guys, you know, that could be the next Brent Rooker. I don't think they're necessarily all going to be Brent Rooker, but like Rooker being an example. And it also gives you an ability to go after those lower level guys that, that pop up. Um, and of course on the pitching side as well. Um, though it seems like the Columbia Fireflies pitching staff is loved by the robot. Ro Robo Scout loves the club, but they have a lot of interesting names. You know, David Sandlin is one that we're going to talk about this week uh, on the hot sheet that should be out this morning. If you are, if you're listening to this, um, should be out by you know eight thirty nine o'clock, like it usually is. But Sandlin is one that's um, you know been a been been a, a helium guy a little bit. Um, went to Oklahoma, was a JUCO guy, you know, Oklahoma native. Um, and he's popped a little bit and you know the stuff is is good um sitting 95 on the fastball with some ride not southern league so it's i think it's legitimate ride um and has you know a really good slider uh, that he throws pretty hard and you know, it's a four pitch mix but it's primarily fastball slider he's kind of interesting even if he's just a a reliever long term it's a name that sort of popped up there and watched some performances and I've been impressed so far. He's going to be in a couple articles later this week. Um, we can sort of wrap this sucker up that we're at 45 minutes. I don't know if you had any names that, that you wanted to discuss before we wrap this up um, or any plugs for Robo Scout and your articles and uh, our fantasy coverage. No, I just, I, I, you made up, you brought up a good point about the AAA, the Robo Scout and AAA. It, it, has had a, a really good track record for who will be called up, the AAA guys. Um, for example, Brian Hoeing, uh, who's now pitching for the Marlins in the rotation, he's had two starts at least. He's like number four um, in RoboScout and AAA. And so, you know, you see this name and I'm like, Brian Hoeing, you know, he's a bit older. He's not, doesn't have the prospect pedigree. He's not maybe a dynasty target, but sure enough, he's called up and he, he's pitching. Like last year, I think it was like, 12 of the top 15 names were called up by the major league, <laughs> including like Kirby Sneed and, and things like that. So the track record is actually quite, yeah, let me look at it here. Uh, Grace Rodriguez, Edward, Eduardo Rodriguez, Cody Morris, Brian Bayo, Dustin May, JP Sears, Hunter Brown, Nick Enright, Kyle Muller, Clark Schmidt, Mike Bauman, like all these people, this is last year's I'm reading, um, all like played in the majors at one point. So especially in, in AAA, the, the track record is very good. They may not be the sexy prospect names that you want to get in your Dynasty League. Those you'll find in the lower levels. Um, and if you subscribe, you can see who some of those names are. Um, but if you want someone who who is going to make it in the majors this year and perform, last year we had like the Jake McCarthy's, we had Kerry Carpenter. These are these are names that are popping on on RoboScout. Then you know it's very valuable for redraft. So. Guys like Jake Bowers, guys like Christopher Morrell, guys like Luke and Baker, who is hit 10 home runs in AAA for Memphis for the Cardinals. Like maybe they're going to get some run. I know there's a lot of mouse to feed in St. Louis and, you know, Alec Burleson and Juan Yapaz. And we already talked about Jordan Walker. There's only so many lineup spots in the hitting lineup. But, uh, you know, I'm Luke and Baker showing that he, he could be in the majors in hitting right now. So. These are guys you can take a shot on in your in your redraft leagues, and uh, you know maybe they'll they'll pan out for you. Dylan, you could absolutely win a fantasy league if you play futures bets on underrated, underappreciated Cardinals prospects in AAA. You could go back to Randy Arizarena, Adolis Garcia. There's been others. Uh, uh, Luke Voigt. Luke, Luke Voigt before he broke out and then subsequently turned into a puddle or whatever. And there's been others as well. So um, you could you could probably do pretty well betting on those guys. I think Ro uh, Ramon Urias is 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 another one uh, who's been okay, rosterable. I think I added him yesterday in a 15 team points league um, with full rosters. So yeah, I, there's. There, there's a mint that could be made. You could just keep on betting on those guys. You'd have a Dallas, you'd have Randy Arizarena, you know, 
Brent Rooker didn't play for the Cardinals, but it seems like he should have based on his career arc that we've seen so far. Um, but really interesting stuff. And uh, I think the last thing I'm going to leave you with is Masataka Yoshida. He's raking Dylan. He's looking great. Two for four as of tonight. The numbers are good. Got a couple of home runs. Uh, had some doubles in consecutive days. The slash line's back up. It looked a little shady there, and then he went on this 11-game hitting streak tear, uh, and the numbers are way up now. Uh, he's looking like a great signing for the Red Sox and a great pick if you were able to get him in your FYPD. It's, you know, I guess sometimes you do have to trust the projections. Obviously, this isn't a victory lap yet. we got to see how the season sort of goes from here. He's probably going to go on an 11-game hit the streak now that I've made the statement on the podcast. But, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I mean, he's he the, 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 the evaluations were so all over the place on him, uh, more so than probably anybody else this offseason, uh, that it's good to see him hitting, and it's good to see him doing well and kind of carrying over that momentum that we saw in the WBC where he was, you know, one of the most outstanding uh, hitters in the tournament. So uh, I don't know if you have any final statements to make there with Yoshida or if you want to wrap this sucker up and send the people home and tell them to like, <laughs> subscribe, and, you know, uh, subscribe to Baseball America. <laughs> uh, all I want to say is that he's beating up on my Jays right now. Yoshida with one, two, three hits over 102 miles an hour today. And Jaron Duran with a home run. So – couple Boston Red Sox names we're mentioning today, and they're they're doing quite well today. Yeah, there you go. And I saw Yoshida have a nice double yesterday. Took the kids out to the old ballpark, and uh, that wasn't too bad. First time I've been to a, a baseball game as a fan now, and probably since before the pandemic. I had a hot dog, and I drank a couple of beers. I haven't had a beer at a baseball <laughs> game in so long because I'm credentialed and can't do stuff like that. I'm supposed to be professional. So it wasn't so bad just to sit back, watch, and enjoy the game, even if it was raining lightly. Um, still enjoyed it. It was a great time with the kids, great memories, all that sort of stuff. So baseball is about, guys. But I'm going to shut up now. We're at 50 minutes. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with some more goodies. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.